Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Fired up for game one at the Chase Center tonight of the NBA Finals. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance on Sirius XM Channel 80 and on your smart speaker. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're getting your takes in on if winning a Finals MVP is really all that important for Steph Curry to possibly cement himself as a top 10 player of all time and why the Boston Celtics are such a heavy favorite according to ESPN's BPI. Mr. Canty, I cannot get over the fact that we've got Vegas on one side that has the Golden State Warriors as a minus 155 favorite and then on the flip side, ESPN's Uh, Basketball Power Index has the Celtics at 86%. That's their chance to win the NBA Finals. It's amazing that those two numbers are so divergent, but at the same time, I'm rolling with Vegas on this because I think the Warriors ultimately win this series in six. Well, let's be clear. The odds are saying that this is essentially a coin flip series. I mean, Golden State is slightly flavored at... Minus 155. I mean, that's, it's, that's it's, more it's, than slightly. It's not uh, heavy. It's not, it's not a heavy favorite, it's though. Not, it's, it's not, not a heavy favorite. It's not minus 115, yeah. but it's, it's not, you know, minus 250. No. And so I, I, don't, I don't necessarily see it as one-sided as the BPI might suggest. I think this is going to be a long series, but I think this is one of those situations where you have to dive a little bit deeper than what's on the surface because you have a team in Golden State that has more rest had an easier road to get to the NBA Finals, that has a lot of experience. We talked about this being their six finals in the last eight years, and you're talking about a coach that's won three championships versus a coach in his rookie year in Ime Adoka. So it seems like there are a lot of things in Golden State's favor. And, oh, by, oh yeah, by the way, you've got a top 75 player, an all-time great, and arguably the best shooter the game has ever seen in Steph Curry on the Golden State Warriors side. So it just seems like there are so many things that would point to the Golden State Warriors, but I think what gets lost in this is how good the Boston Celtics are defensively and how special Jason Tatum is, and his emergence as a superstar during this playoffs is going to loom large once we get into this NBA Finals tonight. But when we look at these two teams, defensively, they are not all that far apart. It, it's basically one and two or one and three in the league rankings all year long. We both agree that the Celtics are an elite defensive team. But when I factor in how much better of an offensive team the Golden State Warriors are than the Celtics, that's where it ultimately is decided for me. You said this last week. It's 100% accurate. You've got three players who are averaging over 18 in the postseason, and you've got four guys for Golden State that are capable of going for 30 on any given night. I don't know that you can say that same thing about the Celtics right now. Not that they're a bad offensive team because they've got two stars and then other guys that are you know, occasionally capable, uh, capable of doing it. But I do think they're a superior offensive team while not giving up all that much defensively. While I'll say that Golden State is better offensively, I don't know that it's the gap that you're describing because when I look at what we've seen from Boston – 
this postseason, you got to consider the fact that they're going up against the Milwaukee Bucks, who are a really good defensive team, despite what the numbers on the regular season might say. They are a really good defensive team. So are the I Heat. mean, Giannis is a defensive player of the year. So is Miami, one of the best defensive teams in the entire NBA. I'm not so going to make the Celtics out to be the Heat offensively. I, I, I can't frame the Boston Celtics as a limited offensive team. I, I don't think there's this goal. I wouldn't say limited. I'd just say Golden State's that much better. I don't, I don't know that that's the case, though, Carlin. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not willing to say that. I think that Golden State is better by how much we'll have to wait and see. But I also think that Boston is better defensively. I think their size, especially with their front-line players, is going to be a factor in terms of how Golden State operates in the half court on the offensive end. It's going to be interesting to see how they navigate dealing with Robert Williams and Al Horford and Jason Tatum in terms of being able to get the shots that they're looking for offensively. And we also got to keep this in mind. The Boston Celtics are built to play against the motion offense that Golden State has. Now, what will be a question is, how quickly can Boston adjust from the offenses that they've seen in the Eastern Conference playoffs to what Golden State does? Because in an era of pick-and-roll basketball and isolation, this is something completely different what Golden State does in terms of moving the basketball, down screens, and then guys popping up off of the screens, back cuts, all of those different things. This is an old-school throwback-style offense, and they've had a lot of success with it. So the adjustment that Boston is going to have to make going from the last two series and what they faced offensively to what they're going to see from Golden State, that's going to be a big challenge. Here's Ime Udoka, the Boston head coach, uh, with our folks from the NBA on ESPN Radio. You can hear this interview in its entirety tonight when coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on this very topic, what they have faced versus what they are facing. They want to track me, get up and down, and where it was uh, a lot of hands-on physicality in the last series, even Milwaukee to some extent from a size perspective. And so we have to flip our mindset as far as that. Uh, Really good defensive team overall, but offensively lethal in a lot of different ways. Look, that's going to be fascinating because it is a different style, and how is their defense going to adapt to it? Marcus Smart has always been very good against Steph Curry. Yeah. Has always been very good against Steph Curry. But where is he in terms of the percentages of his health at this point? They're all fascinating across the board. And then there's Curry and what this ultimately means as to whether or not he can win an NBA Finals MVP. And we've had some people weigh in on this. Let's hit some calls right now at 888-SAY-ESPN on this very topic, 888-729-3776. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. T is up first right here on this topic on ESPN Radio. T, what do you got? Good morning, gentlemen. Well, let me start real quick. Chris, when it's time for the vows, Say it with your chest out and don't tear up. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, T. I got you, my man. <laughs> now, I got to go after your list. I'm going to hit one real quick. You got to take Will off your list. He was great, but not one of the greatest. He didn't have the competition. His kryptonite was Russell. How can you not have Russell in there if you're going to have Will? Look, no. I think that's fair when it curry. comes to Will. Uh, well, you can say that, but look at the team that Bill Russell had around him yep. versus what Wilt but, but had Russell around him. But Russell did own Wilt. Yeah, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. Yeah. But, I mean, when you start talking about the individual player, I, I don't know. I, I think there are more dominant traits, more dominant performances that you can point to with Wilt Chamberlain than Bill Russell. Just putting it out there. What was your other point, T? He was dominant, but he didn't have the competition when you judge it to what we have today and even back in the 80s and 70s. All right, getting to Curry, 
if you really paid attention to the two series they had with KD, that motion offense allowed Curry to draw the double teams that allowed KD to shine. Is if you're going to judge him on his performance, you got to judge everything, not just his shooting, not just the end result of what he put in the box score, is what you do in the game. Look, T, I appreciate the call. And, and for me, it's just, I, I get that people are making it a thing. And if it's going to separate him for you, okay. For me, it doesn't. He's already top 10. And n- winning a finals MVP is not going to make Steph Curry that much better of a player tomorrow than he is today. No, Carlin, I mean, we're we're talking about splitting hairs here when we're looking at the all-time greats. That's what we're doing. But we are splitting hairs at the elite of the elite. Yes, and so to me, when you start talking about that level, competitive greatness matters. Being at your best when your best is required and, and really being the best player on the court in the NBA Finals matters to a degree. And so that's why I'm saying the Finals MVP would be the thing that puts him over the top and allows me to move him up in the rankings and take one of my top ten guys out right now. Richard is up next on ESPN Radio on Greeny. Richard, what's going on, bud? How are you? I'm doing great, guys. So here's the hot take. I don't think anything could make a stronger statement for the Warriors and Curry than them winning the championship and Curry not getting the MVP again. Mm. Because mm. this is this, – See, you guys seem to be in the last minute. You finally did it, Canty. I don't know. You've been treating it like Tatum is like it's like a one-on-one game. Like this is team basketball. The Warriors don't be the Warriors if Curry has to be the dominant shooter in every game. They hit the open man. They do it in game seventeen. They do it in game twenty-seven. You don't get a Wiggins or a Pool if if the whole thing is scripted. So Curry takes all the shots. So if we're in game five of this series and it's two all. And there's a lot of talk about Curry getting MVP, and the, they move to the they move the ball to him, and two players are on him, and there's somebody open. What do you think he's going to do? He's going to give the ball up. We understand this, like, right? Look, so I, why, right? So so you guys, not you, because I know it's mostly. Sorry, Canty, I'm a Giant fan, but you, you're killing me with this thing. How am, I, how, how am I killing you? I said I said Golden State shares the basketball better than no, any team in the I, entire I know, NBA. But, but the, but this thing about like it's that it's like scripted, like okay, so you're a top ten player, so you got to be the best player in the, you know, these are good NBA teams. I mean, Robert Williams, I mean, there's some amazing defensive players. If the truth is, if they want to take Curry out of these games, they can do it. They'll probably lose, but they could do it. I mean, it is very likely that the Warriors could win and Curry not get an MVP because they moved the ball. Put it this way. I, I think the defensive strategy will be a little bit better than Barton Hahn yes, had yesterday of letting Jay shoot. But, but here's the thing. <laughs> Even if Steph Curry doesn't score the basketball, there are ways for him to be impactful, and there are ways for him to set the tone for his team offensively. Yes. And that's the one thing that everybody seems to be missing, including Richard, about Steph Curry's impact on the overall complexion of this series. He doesn't have to go for 40 for him to be the MVP of this series. If Steph Curry has a performance where he's got 20 points and 10 to 12 assists, then everybody's going to say, yeah, Steph Curry had a hell of a game, especially the way that he forces defenses to extend in the half court to create opportunities for back cuts to guys to get in the paint and finish at the rim. That's what I'm talking about with Steph Curry. That's what I want to see. Not a 5-for-23 performance like we've seen for him in the finals. Not a 4-for-15 performance from the field like we've seen from him in the past in the finals. That's what I'm talking about. Avoid, Avoid the awful shooting night 
and then find a way to contribute to your team offensively even when Boston is trying to take you out of the game. And that doesn't necessarily mean scoring the basketball. Look, those let's not make it like those are routine performances. They've happened, but he's played enough finals games where that's going to happen. He still averages 27 a game in the finals. I mean, listen, he should have won it the first time. I know that he didn't. But for me, the fact that he is already the greatest shooter we've ever known and somebody that has changed the game already has him secure in his spot for me. And that's fair. Listen, he's a top 12 player as far as I'm concerned, but to crack into that top 10, I'm going to need for him to get another ring, and I'm going to need for him to get finals MVP. That's just where I'm at with it. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your chance to weigh in on if Steph does need to win an NBA finals MVP to make the ultimate difference. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. By the way, the NBA Finals are on ESPN Radio. Tune in. It is game one tonight. The Warriors hosting the Celtics. Presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern time on most ESPN Radio stations. And you'll hear some great interviews with Steph Curry and Steve Kerr and Ime Odoka and Jason Tatum in all of that coverage. So make sure you are locked in. Up next, it's, it's just time for someone to stop. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Did you watch any of the match last night? I did watch a little bit of the match last night. I got into it a little bit. I was surprised that the young fellas got down in a hole early to the old guys. But, I mean, impressive performances by Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes, man. Yeah, Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes up against uh, Brady and Aaron Rodgers. I did not get that into it, but there was something that caught my attention, and it's exactly what Aaron Rodgers would want, to catch your attention. Here he is last night. Oh, I think about it all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I resonate with what Tom said about about the mindset of 55-45. You know, when you commit, you're 100%. The older you get, uh, you know, the interests change and the and the grind, I think, wears on you a little bit more. And the, the football part's the easy part. That's that's the, the joy. It's the other stuff that wears on you and, and makes you think about uh, life after football. 
Tommy obviously set the bar so high with playing so many years, but um, I can definitely see the end coming. Oh, my God. You, you attention-seeking fraud. Mm. I am so tired of Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, it's on me because I'm one of these people that over the last two and a half years has allowed myself to be held hostage by Aaron Rodgers because here's somebody that complained ad nauseum about how bad the Packers have treated him and talked about how important winning is to him, and yet it's not even remotely important to him. When you come back last year, you have the season that you do, you come up tiny, tiny in a home playoff game against the San Francisco 49ers, and then you want to talk about getting... We have to have Devontae Adams back. I love playing with him. He loves playing with me. And I'm not sure if I'm going to come back, but I'll tell you what. I'm going to make my decision quickly. This is not going to take a long time. And his decision was anything but quick. Two months later. Yeah. Two months later, and then you get every single penny that you can out of the Packers, making it virtually impossible to keep Devontae Adams you're a fraud when you talk about wanting to win that much and you lose that player, and then they go, they draft Christian Watson for you. I'm not going to OTAs. He's just a kid. That's fine. No problem. I, I honestly am so tired of hearing him talk about retiring. Go on your punch of karma fast. Go and do whatever it is you want to do. Just please go away. I personally feel like I have let myself down by getting sucked into Aaron Rodgers for the last two years. He's a great player. You, people can talk about him being one of the greatest of all time. In the playoffs, 11-10. and 10. That's what I know, and he should have a lot more than one championship, and he doesn't because Aaron Rodgers cares about one thing, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Wow, this guy really gets under your skin. You're Kristoff right now. I am a little Kristoff. Because, yeah. you know, listen, he can go on and capture all our attention and go on Pat McAfee's show, and Pat's not stupid. He knows what that does for him, but Aaron also knows it's a soft landing spot, and he can say whatever he wants there, and it's just going to get out there as his own personal narrative. Just stop. Just stop with trying to show us how you're smarter than we all are because he is a classic case of a guy that believes he's a lot smarter than he actually is. Yeah, here's my problem with the soundbite. He talks about his priorities being different at 38 than they were when he was in his 20s, and I can understand where he's talking about that from a personal standpoint, but when it bleeds over into your professional career, when you take as long as you did to make a decision after the season, knowing that there were other guys' professional futures that hung in the balance until the Packers knew definitively what you were going to do, that's the part that doesn't add up to me. Because if you're going to commit to playing this game for Aaron Rodgers at this stage in his career, it's about competing for championships. It shouldn't be about not. it shouldn't it's be not. about anything else. But that's what he sold us, though, Carly. Yeah, exactly. He wanted to be able to have the influence in what the organization does from a personnel standpoint because he wants to put himself in positions to compete at the highest levels. But that's he, not that's not what's happening. You no. don't you don't do that. You don't say that and then ask for fifty million dollars a year over the next three three seasons. You don't say that when you know that Devontae Adams could potentially be moving on because he's an impending free agent. You make a firm commitment to the organization after the season so that Devontae Adams knows exactly what you're going to do. But here's what happens, Carlin. When you have the best receiver in football, 
and he's been in limbo over the course of the last year and a half because his quarterback has been at odds with the organization, you know what Devontae Adams said to himself? I'm going to go run with my former college teammate out in Las Vegas because I know what Derek Carr is. I know the stability that he gives to the organization. I saw it on display last year when their head coach got fired, when you had their number one wide receiver in a tragic car accident that ended his career and somebody lost his life, and a first-round draft pick put, put guns on social media and ends up getting cut a week later. I saw Derek Carr be a stabilizing force in that franchise and allowed them to get to the playoffs. You know what Aaron Rodgers was last year? The antithesis of that. So for as well as he played last year, it's hard to make the case that Aaron Rodgers gives you the best chance to compete for a championship because Aaron Rodgers keeps so much noise going on around the organization. How can you focus on competing at the highest levels of the sport when you have a quarterback that feels like he's one foot in, one foot out? No, this whole thing. You can't do it. The last... 18 months or whatever it is with Aaron Rodgers has been about getting the 50 million a year period. No, it's been period. about it's been about Aaron Rodgers. Well, been that's about the problem. Getting the 50 million yeah, yeah. and getting all the attention that he can. And that's my point. The 50 million and the attention, it's about Aaron Rodgers. It's not about the team's success. None. And take it from a guy that's not. won a championship. I know and, what I'm talking about. It has to be about sacrifice. It has to be about believing in something yes. that's bigger than yourself. And that's the part that Aaron Rodgers seems to be missing for as great as he is. Just honestly, take your money and go away. Because if you really can see the end in sight, have some guts and retire. Have some guts and retire. If we're just going to talk about how you're waiting uh, to do all those other things, just go away. Carlin, how do you talk about retiring when you just signed a contract for $50 million a year? It tells you everything you need to know about Aaron Rodgers. Everything you need to know. Tom Brady's in in his mid-40s, and this offseason was the first time we heard him talk about retiring. And then he did, and then he came back because he realized, for whatever reason, whether it was the Dolphins or whatever, Brady knew what he is. And we unfortunately know what Aaron Rodgers is. It ain't Brady, that's for sure. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Up next, we have got it from pillar to post. Breaking down the finals as cleanly as you can because one of the greats does it for us in moments. Doris Burke joins us from San Francisco next on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. 
Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Just came over a little while ago, and it is now official. I have to say, I'm surprised it wasn't official already that LeBron James is now a billionaire. What happened this morning? Did the stock go up or something that made him a billionaire officially? (laughs) No, this is according to Forbes. I guess they did their latest valuation of professional athletes and where, where where they rank and how much money they're worth. And LeBron James, with all of his various investments and his career earnings after 19 seasons in the NBA, is officially a billionaire. Now, he's made $385 million in his salaries from the Cavs, the Heat, and the Lakers, but you couple that with his stake in the Spring Hill Company, which is supposed to be around $300 million. His investment in the Fenway Group, which is $90 million, which Uh gives him a piece of uh, Liverpool FC as well as the Boston Red Sox. And then, of course, real estate investments where he's got about $80 million. And then... Uh, Blaze Pizza, where he's got thirty million, and he's got another five hundred million dollars in cash and other assets. So <laughs> that, that's that that's that's a pretty that's a pretty hefty hefty size investment pie for LeBron James, and for the first active NBA player to ever reach that mark, it's a hell of an accomplishment for this. I team. love the way you put that. Hey, he's got another five hundred million in cash and other assets. Cash and other assets. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, man, LeBron James has got his got his got his hands in a lot of different pies, and it's impressive to see him diversify and just Carlin his capacity to be able to put himself in all of these different things while still maintaining his stature as a basketball player and being one of the best on the planet. That's the part that's most impressive about LeBron James. I mean, it it is incredible what this guy has accomplished in every aspect of his life over the last 20 years. It is absolutely amazing. And you know there's more to come because we're talking moments ago. He's got to own a team at some point. He's, he has He's got to buy a team. Now, yeah. now, in a perfect world, it would be the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're valued at $1.65 billion. So it's not outside of the realm of possibility that that could happen from a money standpoint. But would the owner, Dan Gilbert, sell him the Cleveland Cavaliers? I wouldn't think so. Yeah. I would be surprised if that but, would happen. I feel like it needs he to happen. Might take it, a should, it should happen, though, right? Yeah, LeBron James, the kid from Akron, owning the Cleveland Cavaliers. You couldn't script a better story. If he were smart, he would take him on in a, a relatively large chunk, but I don't think he's ever going to give up control of the Cavaliers. Is that fair? It's fair to say. But, but if you're I mean, LeBron, would, would I wouldn't the, take it. Any- would the Cavaliers be what the Cavaliers are now without LeBron no. James being no. there? And if I'm LeBron, I don't know if I'm buying into any organization where I don't have control over what's going on. Would you if you're a billionaire? I probably would not, but I'd just pack it in if I were a billionaire. Some of the things we had some preparation with Miami off-ball actions. Now we're taking it to a, another level with the, their execution and their shooters. Just respect in terms of understanding what he brings to the table and that on the floor. He's relentless. He's physical. He's smart. Finds a you know a, a way to be in the right place at the right time. So we gotta make it as tough as possible, and you know make sure nothing is easy. Because if it's easy, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a tough tough time. We now head to San Francisco. Doris Burke is a part of our coverage. She is the analyst on ESPN Radio's coverage of the NBA Finals. It begins tonight for Game 1, presented by Indeed. 
at 8 p.m. for coverage. And Doris joins us from the Bay Area right now. Doris, it's Chris Carlin and Chris Candy. We appreciate the time. And just first off, what fascinates you about this matchup between these two teams in the finals? Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, So many things. You know, two of the best defenses all season, uh, you know, sort of squaring off. You know, the Golden State defense has not been its best attribute in the playoffs. Uh, Clearly, they have been defined by what they've done offensively, uh, leading the playoffs with over 114 points per game. Um, One thing I'm really curious about, I'll tell you, is, is Robert Williams. On a couple of fronts here, you know, number one at his best, he is this hyper-athletic um, vertical threat on the offensive end, paint-protecting, rim-protecting, shot-blocking, protecting threat in the paint. But what we saw clearly against Miami is that when that knee is physically limiting him, you know, Boston has to go in another direction with Al Horford at the five and maybe playing Grant Williams some more. But even if he's healthy, you know, you would expect Golden State to put him in pick-and-roll action at the point of attack with Steph Curry, and how does he hold up there? Because Boston's defense changed when they put Robert Williams on the non-shooting or the least likely threat from the perimeter and then allowed him to roam from the paint. He can surprise you guys with his ability to be in the paint and then cover out to a three-point shooter. But I'm I'm just really curious about his physical stature. You know, is he healthy and can he be Robert? And then even if he is, is Golden State going to try to attack him and get him away from the cup? So I guess that would be there's so many compelling things, but that's that's sort of where my eyes will be to start this thing tonight. Dar, since the cloud calendar has flipped over to 2022, Boston has been the best defensive team in the entire NBA. But can you talk to us a little bit about how big of an adjustment it will be for the Celtics D going up against the Golden State Warriors after they face isolation-heavy offenses or pick-and-roll-oriented offenses? Yeah, so it felt like that Miami series was more of a a football game or a cage match where every inch of real estate was contested and you know, Miami, you know, just every everything is contested. They're constantly, you know, slapping down at the ball. Um, it was just so such a physical series. And obviously a team that was very reliant on Jimmy Butler, uh, particularly when it when it boiled down to half court execution. Now you're talking about a Golden State team that is going to be relentless with its movement. You know, it's second side actions. Um, you know, you you think that you've got this switch handled at the point of attack, and then you know you're pinned down, and a slip screen happens, and you're getting beat for a layup. So, you, the one thing I, I think it was Monty Williams guys who described it best. I was watching a game one night, and he was asked about dealing with Stephen Curry and the constant motion and movement of of what Cold State does, and he said they require great physical stamina, but as importantly, they require great mental stamina. Because as you said, Boston has been the best defense. They've been long, athletic, physical, switchable, incredible communication. They cover for each other. There's no weak point in their starting five. But the fact of the matter is, you can be elite and great, and Stephen Curry or Clay Thompson can hit a tough contested three in your face and you simply can't put your head down 
and let that impact your mentality. You simply must keep coming. Doris Burke joins us. She is, of course, on the coverage tonight on ESPN Radio of the NBA Finals, Game 1 between the Celtics and the, the Golden State Warriors. She's in San Francisco. Doris, this is... It kind of feels like a trivial question to ask you, but it's something that has been talked about a lot over the last month. And that's Steph Curry and his place in history and how an NBA Finals MVP award would affect that. Would it in any way affect it for you when you look at his overall piece of work, uh, body of work when we're talking about a player that could be in the top 10 all time? Well, uh, listen, it's a great question. And here's the way I think of Stephen Curry. You know, if you're a seminal figure in the history of your sport, which he is, um, you know, and you're a two-time MVP, the only uh, unanimous MVP in NBA history, um, your track record's pretty good. You're in the Hall of Fame. There's no question about it. Uh, What I admire most about Steph Curry is this guy's Well, there's many things, but if you talk to anybody in the Golden State organization, here is a superstar of the highest order. Um, This is a dynasty that has been shaped exclusively on his basketball abilities, and obviously they have had incredible other pieces, right? And the Kevin Durant titles, there's no, you know, ifs, ends, or buts about who was the MVP of those NBA finals. It was Kevin Durant. But the system is built around Stephen Curry and what he does. But he never holds his organization hostage. There is a humility that runs through Steph that I think permeates the organization. And the other part of this is, think about it. And listen, tonight Boston is still going to hunt Stephen Curry on the defensive end because he is the guy in a, in a group of excellent defenders. He's, he's the guy and Jordan Poole are the guys they're going to go after but he competes on that end. It may not be a strength, but he changes his body physically so that he can hold up. And there was a pride about him being attacked. It doesn't change the fact that they're going to attack him, but I love the fact that he competes. So where he stands, I don't know, but I feel pretty good if I'm Steph about where my place is in the game because of what I've already achieved. Doris, one of the storylines going into game one of the finals tonight is the rust versus rest argument. Golden State having a week off since Mm -hmm. they got out of the Western Conference finals. And then the Boston Celtics only having three days off coming off of back-to-back seven-game series against two really tough opponents. How do you see that disparity in rest playing a role in tonight's matchup? Yeah, listen, you know, of course, everybody asks you for your pick and – I picked Golden State in seven, and I picked them for two reasons. That's part of it. You know, they have – they're rested. You know, the nicks and bumps and bruises that inevitably are part of this, you, you've had time to rest. The other part is they seem to be marching toward a greater degree of health. You know, Gary Payton, you know, what a tribute and what a story. The guy has gotten closer to healthier. I don't know early in the series how much he'll play. We had the sense yesterday that that's – becoming distinctly a possibility, even if it is in incredibly limited stints. But you're talking about an incredible on-ball, disruptive defender at the point of attack, somebody that Steph Curry clearly likes to play with and has this sort of intuitive feel if he busts out in transition off a turnover. Um, 
you know, this this series is close. I think it's going to be great. Um, but in my mind, I picked Golden State by very little margin because of, you know, the fact that they've played fewer games, a less grueling path, more rest, more experience, and marching toward greater health. So I, I do think it plays some part. I do think one thing that's really imperative to watch is the turnover battle. Golden State, because of the style that they play, is a team that will play on that edge of like their style contributes sometimes to their own demise with the looseness of the basketball. And clearly Boston versus Milwaukee and versus Miami, when they didn't turn it over versus games where they fueled the other team's transition game, it, it was the difference between wins and losses. I said it to Ime Udoka right before game seven. I said, is this how much of this is limit your turnovers, keep them out of their transition game where both Milwaukee and Miami were much better than half court. And he said, it's true. He said, just look at the numbers. Look at our opponent's transition points and fast break opportunities and our wins versus our losses. So I do think that's the other key part for Boston here tonight. Doris, last one for me. It's Doris Burke, ESPN NBA analyst. She and Mark Kestisher and P.J. Carlissimo will have the call tonight, game one of the NBA Finals between the Celtics and the Warriors. Aside from the turnovers, finish this sentence for me. The Celtics will win this series if? Oh, boy. Um, Many things, but one thing I think for sure is going to happen, and and you've seen this in series after series. For stretches, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to have to grind for everything, and they're going to see the defense loaded in their direction. Remember what Grant Williams did in Game 7 against Milwaukee, those seven threes. Obviously, the best defenses make the others beat you. I think Smart, Marcus Smart, Derek White, Al Horford, Grant Williams, who have had pockets of real success from three in the playoffs, I think they're going to have to make enough shots against a really dangerous and prolific three-point shooting team in, in Golden State. Doris, how significant is the coaching advantage for Golden State in this series? Well, I mean, listen, you know, what Steve has done, like I said this yesterday, I hope people appreciate how hard getting to six finals in eight years is Um particularly when you've done it with three different versions of your team. And you can tell, Draymond Green has said this publicly, you know, about how smart Steve is. And he doesn't just mean that in terms of X's and O's and game plans and adjustments. I think he means that in terms of having his players feeling confident and believing, you know, in the game plan. And Draymond just addressed this here before the finals, like, even if the game plan's not working, somehow Steve convinces us that it is. And I, I just found that sort of entertaining. But, but I also have to say this. It is, um, it is remarkable to me. I've heard Jeff Van Gundy talk about this on our air, having been associated with Ime in USA Basketball. Um, the level of respect Ime has and has earned in his first season. He's got this very, like, I don't know, even-keeled way about him. He's very matter-of-fact in the way he calls out his team. It's really a, you know, it's like, hey, I'm not lying here. Here's the video evidence of what we're doing. This is how we get better. These are the adjustments we have to make. And it's very straightforward. 
And it's incredible to me, guys, and I'm sure you feel the same, or I would assume, like this team was 20 and 21. Mm. Through, through half the season, they were at 500. There was all kinds of noise about them. And to turn that around in your first year after a very shaky start um, speaks to who Ime Udoka is. Um, so, and, and let's remember, um, two first-year head coaches won a title against the Golden State Warriors, Ty Lue with, uh, with Cleveland and Nick Nurse. So it's not an impossible task that Ime Udoka faces. Uh, but if I'm the Golden State Warriors, I'm thrilled Game 7 is here at the Chase Center, that's for sure. We're looking forward to it tonight, Doris. Thanks so much for a few minutes. You've got the call tonight with Mark Kestisher and PJ Carlissimo on ESPN Radio. Thanks again. Thank you for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Doris Burke. And all the coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. They've got great interviews. You're going to hear from Steph Curry, from Steve Kerr, from Ime Udoka, from Jason Tatum, everybody you want to hear from. And... Doris, for me, is always somebody I want to hear from on this stuff because she lays it out perfectly, and you could tell that as much as she sees it going uh, to be a long series, there's still the concern over how the Celtics can overcome the Warriors. Yeah, just from an offensive production standpoint, Golden State just has more. We talked about it before. They got four guys that can go for 30 on any given night versus the Boston Celtics, who have two guys I can go for 40 on any given night. <laughs> but, but I think that there are more options for Golden State. And then the fact that Golden State, from a health standpoint, is trending in the right direction, potentially getting back GP2 and Otto Porter Jr. just makes that bench that much deeper to go along with Kaminga and Jordan Poole and all of the other guys that we've seen come off the bench for Golden State, Bielitsa. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. You're talking about them being nine deep in their rotation versus the Boston Celtics, who have largely played just seven guys in their rotation. So... When you can consider that fact and then also the pace at which Golden State plays, there could be a little bit of a factor in terms of wearing the Boston Celtics down. So that's one of those things that we have to watch for early on in this series. The road to the rematch is on. It's Bantamweight champ Juliana Pena and former champ Amanda Nunes go head-to-head as coaches on the historic 30th season of The Ultimate Fighter. Stream the series now exclusively on ESPN+. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com. Game one tonight. Can't wait. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.